This is Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. From the heart of New York City and the tri-state area to the most active real estate hotspots across America. Keeping you plugged in to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news and legal developments to everything you need to know about buying or selling a property. Benefited by the advice of the experts. Now, here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. I'm Dottie Herman, and welcome to Real Estate. I hope you're hanging in there in this heat, because it really is hot. Um, And I'm joined with my co-host for the first hour, resident legal expert, attorney Stephen Ebert. Ebert, sure, I always make that mistake. A partner at the prestigious firm, Catherine Catherine, located in Westchester and around the country, to fill us in on the latest legal developments in the business. How are you, Stephen? Doing great, Dottie. Um, you know what? You're, you're right. It's going to be another hot day today. But, you know, we we just had a, a new air conditioner put in, so we're staying cool. <laughs> well, so there's a lot of things you can do to stay cool, and obviously the main thing is stay hydrated. Okay? You have to drink water a lot. And try not to be in the sun too long. I mean, if you can stay in air conditioning, because... I was reading, Stephen, that heat, intense heat, causes more damage to people than any other weather conditions. And I know in the city, all these things set up, there was the hospitals with jams. A lot of people, you know, really got sick from the heat. So I think today is our last day. Um, I think it's supposed to go back to normal. I think, yeah, well, it was Thursday. Thursday was like, forget it. You couldn't even breathe. I walked outside for a second, and it was like the air. There was no air. I mean, it was like it didn't even move. So I stayed in. <laughs> I yeah, and out. you know what, and Dottie, you know, gets to say as a warning, it's not just about staying hydrated, which is so true. You also, you know, when, when you sweat, you know, you lose not just um, the water, but you also um, lose other things as well. So make sure you have the right balance of electrolytes and vitamins and things like that to keep you know, keep yourself running well. Yeah, and if you have any neighbors that are older or, you know, disabled or something, you, you might want to check in on them. Um, I just want to tell you we we have some great guests today. Um, and at the uh, after the 11th hour, we'll be joined by three special guests. At 1045, we'll be joined by Thomas Drew. Um, who is going to talk about the impact of interest rates, which we're going to talk a little about later. At 11, we'll be joined by Douglas Kent. He's the author and firescaping expert. Um, He specializes in ecological land management, and he has a book that's called Firescaping, Protecting Your Home with a Fire-Resistant Landscape, which I never heard of, but I'm going to learn. at 11.30, we'll be joined with Peter Conte, partner at Honus and Perino Insurance Agency, and he'll discuss with all of us the insurance that's necessary. You can um, reach us, obviously, on this station at the mobile iHeartRadio or tune in to apps, um, the Odyssey app. And follow me on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, at Zadie Herman. Uh, if you have any questions, and you, we'd love to hear from you, you can call us live at 866-970-9622. Well, Steve, it has been a week, okay, and there's so much news. 
I don't even want to. I, I I don't know where to begin. I was I was preparing for the show last night, and I had. I'm like, my God, this will take us four hours, so I've tried to condense it. But let me quickly tell you quickly that um, uh, Jonathan Miller re- re- released his reports on Long Island, and so the median price on slipped year over year to the third highest on record. So even though it slipped, it's still high. Sales declined year over year for the seventh straight quarter. Listing inventory dropped annually for the first time in three quarters. Um, the, the luxury, medium, and average sales prices slipped year over year but remained sharply above pre-pandemic levels. So even though they slipped, they're still high. Uh, more than one out of four luxury sales sold above the last asking price. And uh, listing inventory dropped for the first time in three quarters. Um, so that will make it a little tougher to buy if there's no inventory. Okay. On um, So... On the North Fork, medium and average sales prices increased annually to the third highest on record. Now, Stephen, if you recall, they've been saying the North uh, Fork was going to increase in prices for 20 years, and it really is. And I understand they just built a beautiful hotel on the North Fork, which they never had a nice hotel there, so that's all helping. Listing inventory in the North Fork rose a little bit, but sales have fallen in the last two years. So those are the, you know, those things are important. And the big news, and it was all over the news, is the Hamptons. There's, you know, bidding wars uh, at the higher price line. There's bidding wars at the on the high end. People are just bidding and bidding and bidding and bidding. And so uh, even though the Hamptons as a season has been down, uh, I, I think a lot of people went to Europe this year because, you know, it was the first year you could really travel. And so I think that's one of the cause, you know, one of the reasons of it. But, you know, it was a slow uh, season, but then it all of a sudden picked up and there was major bidding wars. And um, ne- nearly one-third of all luxury sales had multiple offers on them. Um, so that's a lot. The, but despite that, luxury listings remained still low. So uh, at the same time, the median price of luxury homes in the Hamptons, and luxury homes, whenever we talk about luxury homes, we're talking about the top 10% of that particular market, um, was $6.4 million, which was down around 25% year over year, uh, the number of deals in the Hamptons dropped 42% annually, which is a lot. Home sales also plummeted in the mainstream market, and it had the lowest number of deals in 16 years. So I'm not sure. I haven't really figured out why that all happened, um, but I will. Uh, inventory still remains well below half of pre-pandemic levels, so there's not a lot of inventory. And... Uh, while the median price was down 9.4% year over year to $1.45 million, it's still nearly double the pre-pandemic levels. And by the way, uh, home prices since the pandemic rose 40% nationally, which is uh, a lot. So, Stephen, I could talk about interest rates. And I'll, before we talk about office space and things like that and how that's doing, 
Let's talk about what just happened with interest rates. Yeah, I mean, Dottie, the Fed, the Federal Reserve increased the federal funds rate another 25 basis points, you know, a quarter percent, now up to five and a half percent. Um, and they used language. And look, it's, it's, there, there's, there's a whole process of analyzing the level of cryptic language coming out of the Federal Reserve when they announce the rate, when they talk about generally trends, possibilities, and so forth. But it seems that the language that they are going with left open the possibility that there could be another rate hike down the road, too. Um, they did not, you know, close that out. Now, why do we care about the Fed funds rate? Even though it's a short-term rate, it's the rate in which they lend to banks. Um, the reality is that will ultimately have a feedback loop into the longer-term rates, which drive mortgages. It also affects the costs of business and employment. Um, inflation is still high. It's not as high as it was. I mean, a couple of years ago, inflation was running, you know, close to nine percent. Now it's more like three and a half, four percent. You know, I think, I think they want to get us to two. I think. Correct. Um, That's the target. The target. The, the, the general target is two percent. That's exactly right. Yeah, but, but I was. You know, the hardest to get inflation down. Like once you've got it down this much, the last like you know the last draw of getting it down to where they want it is really going to be very difficult. Well, I think the issue, Dottie, is you got to look at the causes of inflation, right? And you got to understand like what what's part of the issue. You know, for example, right now we have an energy policy that has a variety of issues. Right. And if you look at, let's say, for example, and, and, there, and there's and there's a lot to unpack in that. But if you look at the price of gas, still pretty high. Right. Gas is still I know where in I the am, high threes. Is. Yeah. High threes into the fours, depending upon the week. So so that's it that, you know, now if you're talking about the price of oil, you're talking about gas. That's a factor of inflation. Interest rates are not going to change that. This gets into energy policy. So, you know, the Fed can't control inflation fully. And look, Dottie, we're going to see what's going to happen in a few months from now. But the price of grain and bread is probably going to go up more in other parts of the world than the United States. But Ukraine and Russia each produce about 10 percent of global supply of grain. And there was a deal with Russia and Ukraine to let Ukraine export grain out of the port of Odessa. Well, pursuant to that deal, the last ship went out about a week or so ago, and at this point, Russia is not allowing any more grain shipments out. So this could have a big impact in parts of more Europe and Africa. But, like, you know, you can't – playing around with the federal funds rate is not going to have an impact on grain supply, which will affect the price of bread globally, right? So – there's multiple factors, some things we control, some things we can't. So I think it's really important when they have this conversation, the policymakers, what are those controlled items and what are those not controlled items? Because it does mess around with other parts of the market. You know, Stephen, I was doing um, something for, C uh, no, for Fox, and, um, I, you know, they wanted predictions for the, you know, the rest of this year and the beginning of next year, and I did a lot of homework on it. And... And these are just predictions, of course, doesn't mean they're going to happen. But they're, they're saying that we're probably going to end up this year the same way, like, you know, it's going to stay, the conditions are going to be the same. 
But they were projecting that interest rates might, uh, in uh, 2024, go down a bit. And I think it's a, a mutual agreement that if they would get them down to about five and a half, around there, six, five and a half, that, you know, that would be, you know, healthier and then more people would put their houses on the market. Because right now, like I think I said last week, if you got an interest rate during the uh, pandemic of 25 or 3%, that's kind of like golden handcuffs. You're not going to sell and pay. I, I, I agree. Right? And I think, I think that's one of, not the only reason, but I think that is a critical p- factor as to why um, we're seeing an inventory crunch. Why would somebody sell their bigger home to downsize to a smaller home when they're not really saving anything? And, Dottie, on top of that, I'm going to throw one other thing. Capital gains rates creeped up. You know, uh, you know, this is just a reality, right? They changed from the Trump to the Biden administration. The rates have changed. And so if your capital gains tax rates are higher, which is the tax that you pay on your profit, again, you're less likely to sell because, you know, if somebody just looks at historical reality, we have elections, Right. And parties swing back and forth. Different people come into power, go out of power. And if I was selling, I would want to be strategic, and I'd rather sell my home when I could pay capital gains rates at 15% on the profit instead of, let's say, 25% on the profit. And people are going to be strategic about that, too. So that's also something to watch about um, the inventory levels. Stephen, that's such an important point. Because when you're thinking of selling, you shouldn't only look at the prices. You really should look at how that's going to impact you. You know, you should talk to your CPA and look at how that's really going to impact you if you have capital with the capital gains. And so I think that's keeping inventory tight. I also think that, of course, a shortage of inventory is keeping, you know, people, there's nothing to buy. But I was, but, but what, what's a plus? is the builders. If you happen to live in an area where they're building, new construction is way up. And usually new construction and, and, and resales are usually at the same. If they're both low, then they're both low. If they're both high. So this is the first time that they're different because new construction, they can not only give you a better interest rate, okay, uh, they can give you perks and I, I think, and this is just my opinion, that you're going to see on the outskirts of, like, major places, new construction, like where there's, like, an outskirt and there's land, because a lot of places there's just no land to build. You're going to start to see new construction, and I believe that people will drive a little further if they can get, like, a 4.75, which a lot of builders are offering interest rate, and a new house, even if they have to drive a little bit further. But new construction is like the only game in town now because there's no inventory. And uh, I, I agree. Yeah, and, and Dadia, what I would say, and this is, and I think to further reinforce your point, we also see people paying premium for renovated properties. So even if what's not new, people are putting an extra premium than even if you factor in some that needs work and the cost of renovation. So. I would even I would throw in there's two parts to what you're saying. One, the new construction and the fully remodeled premium because people 
are having issues, let's say, getting vendors, getting things. So they'd rather just say, look, I'm going to pay more and not have to deal with getting a new air conditioning um, company or getting a new this company or, or, or waiting six months for new appliances, right? Um, so there's that. And then the point that you just made, of course, some of the builder incentives. Um, and look, you've got to be very careful, though. Oh, I'm talking over you. I don't mean to do that. But in the city... If you live in a co-op or a condo, you can forget your new construction. You know, if you want to do any renovations, besides the shortage of help, it can take years. I mean, but, you know, with all their restrictions and rules. So Yeah, and, have- and obviously we do want to be careful building by building because I do, I do want to point out where right, you have what New York City building code is and then you have what the rules are for a co-op or a condo. And, and so get, just so everyone's clear on it, um, buildings can add more restrictions. So what I always recommend to clients, if you're looking to do a substantial renovation, it's worth taking a look at what's called the alteration agreement, the rules by which you agree with the co-op to get the work done, because that's an overlay of more restrictions if, if you're going to do a substantial renovation. Right. And getting to office space, I've read that there will be a 13% less demand for office space in major cities, okay, and um, on the average, the total value of office space declined by 26%. They feel it will decline by 26% from now till 2030, and the impact of value could be even stronger if rising interest rates compounded. So we're going to hope that some of the predictions are right and that they end up lowering them, that they get inflation to, you know, a, a reasonable number, but uh, and that they lower interest rates in 24. Yeah, there will you know, also that, I just want to... Spent less demand for retail space, and that's kind of what I see in the city. I don't know about you, but I see, like, it's really hard for these small, like, if you're a small retailer... It's really hard for you to stay in business with the, the the no bail because, you know, you can get robbed and up to a certain amount and there's nothing you can do about it. And um, it's hard to compete with the big stores. And I see a lot of vacancies in a lot of small retail spaces, which is really a shame. Well, Dottie, you know, it, it's I want to break that stat down a little bit, both the retail and the office, because, well, I, th- I think you're absolutely right. I think for that type of commentary, the average has become a little bit difficult. I, I think what we're going to see is more hot spots and cold spots, which will drive the average. But, for example, like what we noticed during COVID is that Brooklyn retail has generally done well. Manhattan retail, not as well. Why? If people are working from home, they are going to frequent the businesses proximate to their homes versus in the business corridor. So we're, we're seeing changes in the retail mix. So there's a lot to that. But I, I know we're about to come to a break. But Dottie, I want to talk about, you know, some important news on just um, policing and how that's affecting uh, retail as well and what's going with some businesses right after the break.
AM 970 The Answer is bringing Dr. Lederman's expertise in alternative cancer treatments to prime time every Monday night at 7. Dr. Lederman is triple board certified in radiation oncology, medical oncology, and internal medicine, and is the first physician to perform non-invasive body radiosurgery in the Western Hemisphere, treating thousands of patients covering nearly every size, site, and type of cancer, large and small, primary and metastatic. Listen to Dr. Lederman Monday night at 7 on AM 970 The Answer. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful at lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question, and the owners of Relief Factor tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. That's right, designed to heal, and I agree with them. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor selected the four best ingredients, yes, 100% drug-free ingredients, each helping your body deal with inflammation. Each of the four ingredients deals with inflammation from a different metabolic pathway. That's right there, approaching from four different angles, maybe why so many people People find such wonderful relief. So if you have back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or just getting older, you should order the three-week quick start discounted to only $19.95 to see if it will work for you. It has for about 70% of the half million people who've tried it, and they've ordered more. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF, the number 4-RELIEF, to find out about this offer. Feel the difference. Yes, Sue and I truly love our dogs, which is why I am so glad I found Rough Greens. Not a dog food, but a dog supplement that we simply sprinkle on the dog's food. And naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black, the founder and creator of Rough Greens, has shown us that dog food is actually dead food. It's true. Take some of your best kibble and put it in a bowl and set it on top of your fridge six months or even a year later, or maybe two years later, it looks the same. No mold, no nothing, because it's dead food. Nutrition is not brown, nutrition is green, and Rough Greens will help your dog with low energy, itching and scratching, bad breath, digestion problems, and so much more because it's packed with vitamins and minerals, probiotics, omega oils, and antioxidants. And Dr. Black is so convinced it will help your dog, he's offering a free jumpstart trial bag. Just cover the shipping. Go to Rough Greens, it's R-U-F-F, roughgreens.com forward slash Prager, or call 833-223-R-U-F-F, roughgreens.com slash Prager, or call 833-223-R-U-F-F. R-U-F-F. Feel like you're trying to push a boulder uphill wearing skates? If you run or manage a local business today, you're challenged like never before. We get it and we want to help. We're Salem Surround. We're a full-service marketing agency that'll help you increase your customer base by designing incredibly effective plans to reach your consumers day, night, and everywhere they might be. If you're a local business and want to see what Salem Surround can do for you, Google Salem Surround New York. Remember to Google Salem Surround New York today. This is Dennis Prager. Now you can listen to my show when it's convenient for you and without censorship from big tech, become a member of the ultimate online community for all things Prager. It's PragerTopia Unlimited. Listen to the show on demand when it's easiest for you. This includes every radio show, every segment, and every guest over the last 10 years, and it's commercial free. You can even share your favorite segments with your friends. Plus, you'll get the same email from Alan Estrin that I receive every night about the most important important issues to read about. PragerTopia Unlimited members can also listen to every program, lecture, and course that is in the Prager store. Thousands of hours. You can even listen to all my Torah teachings for free. Share my passion for free speech. Join today and save 25% off the first year and get a free PragerTopia coffee mug. It's all things Prager, PragerTopia Unlimited. Go to PragerTopia.com or click the banner at DennisPrager.com. Listen to AM 970 The Answer on Alexa. Tune in iHeart or Odyssey.com. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back. 
And we're so happy to be here. So much to talk about. And before the break, Stephen was talking a little about crime, and we got a break. So, Stephen, you want to continue talking about crime and what's going on? Yeah, thank, thanks, Sadie. You know, there's so we, we take some of these trends. We got to also look at neighborhoods and hot spots and cold spots, not just, I would say, the averages. Um, and, and I would say a couple of things are going on. Um, and, and I think a lot of it is how we're dealing with policing and crime. And I was really reading about a disturbing trend. And one neighborhood to highlight was really over um, by Roosevelt and Junction Boulevards over in Queens, where in broad daylight, they're, they're um, allowing just really prostitution to happen right in front of retail stores. And really? I think, it, yeah, and, and basically what it looks like is this has been a deliberate strategy by the district attorney's office to only Why? prosecute. You know, I, I heard one reason that when they, a couple of years ago when they arrested a prostitute, she then committed suicide and they're saying we're not going to go after prostitutes anymore, just maybe some of the higher level organization or some of the clients, the John, so to speak. But So what's happening now is that it's basically happening in broad daylight, standing in front of stars. I mean, I saw some disturbing pictures in the news, literally standing in front of dental offices and retail stores, handing out the equivalent of baseball cards. Um, with information, and, and it's just happening, and it's just being allowed to happen. And I'll tell you, Dottie, that really can bring down a neighborhood really fast. And it's it's. Do you remember? Because I remember when I was like much younger, that we would drive into the cities, and prostitutes were all over. Like we would just, you know, they were walking the streets, and then Bloomberg and Giuliani kind of got rid of that. Uh, I hope we don't get to that place again. That was that, that will bring down the city. You're right. I mean, look at how Times Square changed. And I know as a, as a native New Yorker, you know, we always have our jokes. Look at all the tourists. It's impossible to walk through Times Square because it's crowded. But, but you know what? That's a great problem to have because exactly as you just said, decades ago, it was considered seedy and gross and who would want to be there. And they totally changed the whole environment. And this goes to show you the power of a smart government policy of how you can really change the whole vibe in a whole neighborhood. Um, and, and so basically, Times Square went from a place that was considered rundown, dirty, dangerous, prostitution, drugs, crime, to our biggest problem is too many tourists going to see, you know, the Broadway production of something. Right? You know? <laughs> I mean, it goes to show you how you can really show a concerted effort um, and, and if you're spending the right way with the right priorities. And, and so I think that's really important about retail. I mean, look, to me, San Francisco is the model problem, right? I mean, you are seeing stores close and you are seeing supermarkets close, retail um, clothing stores. You're seeing pharmacies close because they're being robbed. And there is... A little bit of that, not to the same degree, but a little bit of that happening here. And I, I think we need to put our foot down and say no, because you know what? You destroy a city if the residents don't have access to good food, if they don't have supermarkets, and if they don't have access to prescriptions if they need that for those who um, or have a health need. And if those stores go, what's going to happen to those residents? 
I mean, this is a very, very important thing to stop dead in its tracks. Stephen, I have a friend that had a retail thing on Madison Avenue. She was robbed three times, and two of them were the same people. And she took a picture of them, and they waved to the camera because they knew there was nothing that could happen to them. And some of the big stores closed because they can't stop the, the people stealing. And so that goes to the bail laws, you know. And right now, I think in New York, unless you committed a murder or something of that nature, uh, they're not really uh, doing much about it. So it's like a free rate. They, 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 yeah. And I'm going to add something else. A lot of times people make the comment, the following false comment. Oh, it's a victimless crime. The poor people, they're just taking a few things. The insurance is going to cover it. Excuse me. It is still theft, and whether it is theft from the store, whether or not it's covered by insurance, there is a real cost. It is a cost on society, the cost of those businesses, it's cost of the insurance companies, and don't think people will stay idly by. We talked about this on a prior show. Now, obviously, this is for a different point, but insurance companies can pull out of an area. We talked about how in parts of California, insurance companies aren't insuring. Now, that was more because of, not because of theft, but because of certain other issues and liabilities for real estate. But I, I think the point is a sound one that at some point, insurance companies are going to say, look, we are not going to insure these stores if we have this liability that the government won't go after criminals and when they're ripping them off. And I don't think the right answer is to put Lojack on a pint of ice cream, which they're doing in some stores. I know. That's happening already. You are going to have a tough time getting insurance. Um, I know even before the pandemic, for me to get insurance, uh, I had to. I couldn't get it. I had to put all my insurance needs in one place. So insurance is going to be tough. So if you need it, make sure you have the right amount and make sure that you uh, start to look for it because a lot of insurance companies might drop you. And I had read that this year that you might not find that you're going to be Sure. So we have, uh, I think, Mike Conti talking about that. Uh, yeah, he's he's going to talk about it. He's he's terrific. And, and and I'll tell you, this is another thing. And I, and I warn clients: talk to your insurance agent before you sign the contract. It's amazing how many times people wait till the last minute. But just talk to your insurance agent. Have them run the property. See if there's any extra costs that are unexpected or concerns, and just do that to make sure you're not going to have a problem because once you're in contract, you're stuck. Um, so do that early. And I want you to know that home sales, okay, fell to the slowest pace since January. And this year, uh, home sales are really down. A lot of people are kind of just not sure what to do uh, because, you know, the job market's good. Uh, it's just that people are not. You know, there, you know, there's a lot of uncertainties. And so when there's so many uncertainties, people kind of just sit back. The other problem is the immigration problem. And, you know, you can't blame Eric Adams because he's reached out and said, listen, we're a sanctuary city. We have to take everyone, but we don't have any room for them. And it's costing the city millions of dollars. And, the guy, and he's asked for help from Biden, and the, the, they don't want to help them. They give us a small amount of money, 
and it's costing taxpayers in New York a, a bundle, not to mention they're in the streets. Well, Dottie, and I, I know we try to avoid political issues, but I, I got to say on, on this point that, look, at a certain point, the ability to stop the problem is within our power. If we're being overrun because you have illegal aliens and migrants and so forth who are crossing the national border, national issue, but because we have a local policy where we are considered a sanctuary city that we decided locally to do, but we're saying we can't afford it, then maybe it's time to really say, you know what, I'm going to give the New Yorkers a break and change our policy locally and, and avoid this because at some point it, the bill's going to come due. And for those of you who haven't, you know, read it, about a week or two ago, Tom DiNapoli, um, who I remember even as, as a kid because he, he was uh, um, an assemblyman over in Nassau County where I grew up, so I, I completely remember him early in his career. He's now the state controller. And he gave a very matter-of-fact analysis. We have billions in shortfall, billions and that we can't cover the tab for. And I think at some point, the political class needs to say, look, we have a lot of working families here that are trying to make ends meet, and we can't just keep on you know, standing by certain promises that we can't afford to pay for. Um, and and it's, it's a real problem. Well, he, he made the deal. He said we, 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 have, we don't have the funding on top of that, we don't have any places. The hotels are filled. And if you recall, a couple of weeks ago, all the other places sent the buses back to New York. They didn't want them. And so now they're saying, well, if we give them benefits and we get them educated and we give them, uh, you, know, uh, you know, unemployment and, and all these benefits, then the, and they can get jobs. We have to make them legal. But that's not fair to all the people that are trying to get here legally who are bypassed by people that are here illegally. 100% agree. And on top of that, it, it's the federal law that decides who can work or can't. And, you know, again, look, this is, and look, people vote with their feet. People are going to leave New York and go to other states, and they've shown that, you know, if they're going to have to pay more and get less and deal with these issues. Well, I think, Stephen, to your point, California had the most people exiting. I think New York was second. And so yeah. I have to, I just don't understand. I mean, look, a this lot of this I don't think is rocket science stuff. I think it's. Right. Yeah. And I know we're right at the break now. Okay. Well, I want to talk about how these politicians make these rules. One that's $10,000 or more in debt. Before you make another minimum payment, you need to know there are special programs that can completely free you of your debt. Total Financial Freedom can help you become debt-free in months instead of years. Resolve your credit card debt, signature loans, department store cards, internet loans, and timeshares. Call now at 800-533-6605 for a free consultation. 
For 16 years, Total Financial Freedom has helped thousands get out of debt. You can feel confident when calling because Total Financial Freedom is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and a Christian-owned company. Don't get stuck in the endless cycle of payments. You have the right to get your debt resolved and substantially reduce your monthly payments. Call Christian-owned Total Financial Freedom now at 800-533-6605. That's 800-533-6605. 800-533-6605. Hi, this is Dennis Prager for BestHotGrill.com, who also make the best gas logs for your fireplace. Now is the time to prepare for the colder fall and winter seasons with rising energy costs. You'll want to warm one room, not your entire home, with a blazing Rasmussen gas log fire. With the convenience and controllability of a natural gas or propane gas log set, you can reduce the time you use your furnace. Gas logs are also an excellent source of emergency heat to keep your family warm during worrisome power outages. Rasmussen gas logs also make your fireplace look great when it's not in use. If your room has a modern or contemporary design, check out Rasmussen's popular fireballs and fire stones. Get a free personalized log set sizing recommendation and more information about USA-made Rasmussen gas logs and Solaire infrared grills at besthotgrill.com. That's besthotgrill.com. USA made Rasmussen gas logs and Solaire infrared grills at besthotgrill.com. We can tell you about the incredible success we bring to local businesses, but it's better when it comes directly from our satisfied clients. Here's just one example. After searching for a new vendor to handle my search marketing campaign, I contacted Salem Surround after seeing the great work they did for another restoration company in the different market. Their team of experts recommended a mix of multiple tactics designed to get my business the most quality leads at the lowest cost, making my marketing budget stretch further. In our first year partnering with Salem Surround, we recorded our best year to date, and I've told many people how blessed I was to find them. The representative answered the phone every time I called and quickly addressed any questions or concerns I had. Let Salem Surround give you an absolutely free audit of your current marketing and show you what your competition is doing. Then we come up with a personalized plan that's perfect for your needs. Google Salem Surround New York and let our marketing experts help you achieve real success. Remember to Google Salem Surround New York today. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. This is Dennis Prager. Sign up today for an unforgettable experience in Israel this October. Mike Gallagher and I are traveling to the Holy Land on the Stand with Israel tour with our trusted partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours. This trip of a lifetime to Israel is one you don't want to miss. Register today before it's too late at Stand with Israel Tour. StandWithIsraelTour.com or call 855-565-5519. 855-565-5519. AM 970, The Answer. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. Welcome back to Ion Real Estate. Joining us with us today is Tom Drew from Citizens Bank. Hey, Tom, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Stephen. How have you been? Great, thanks. So, we're, we're... hey, Dottie. Good to have you back. I'm so excited to be back. It's a real pleasure to join you this morning. So, what about interest rates? Tell us what's going on. 
Well, hey, look, uh, is th- my world has been pretty exciting uh, the last, say, year or so with uh, rates been moving up. Uh, this past week, towards the end, actually, it wasn't so bad. We saw a little bit of relief towards the end of the week. Uh, so we're still below 7% at the moment. But uh, look, in my opinion, that hasn't stopped anybody from, you know, wanting to, you know, find a house that works for them and their families. So, you know, I would say at least in the New York metro market, things have been moving along pretty steadily. Now, Tom, could you talk a little bit about what what we call spreads, meaning I know a lot of times um, clients are like, well, I'm hearing a seven figure I was hoping to get maybe a six-figure, so what I'm going to do is maybe get an adjustable rate loan for a couple of years and hope the market goes down and refinance. Can you talk a little bit about some of the spread differentials between a fix and an adjustable and what you're seeing and, and how that's sort of trended historically and now? Yeah, that's a great question, Stephen. So uh, traditionally, you know, the spreads were you know fairly – tight, meaning, you know, quarter percent, say, between a 10-year arm and a 30-year fixed. But that spread has definitely widened uh, in the past year, whereas, uh, you know, an adjustable rate may give you a half a percent to even three-quarters of a percent lower than a 30-year fixed. And it it's become the option of choice for a lot of borrowers that, you know, are kind of looking ahead saying, hey, you know, the next of five to seven years, um, that's either my plan to stay in the home or I expect interest rates to come back down and, and, at, to- and at that time I'll just refinance myself into a 30-year fixed if I intend on staying in the home you know, for any extended period of time. So there's a lot more planning involved in that and a lot more understanding of what that means, but we've certainly seen a big acceleration in, in that type of lending. Tom, and you know- I've I've been reading, Tom, that interest rates are going to inch down in uh, 2024. Are you hearing that at all? You know, it, it, certainly there's you're hearing those predictions, but I got to say, honestly, I've never met a prediction that was 100% accurate, right? But uh, at the end of the day, you know, uh, the economy is still chugging along here despite higher interest rates, but uh, – you know, maybe they've pushed out the possibility of a slowdown well into 2024. So if that's, you know, kind of what the general consensus is, I would imagine towards the second half of 2024, you'll see potentially the Fed start to lower rates. But look, I'll believe it when I see it, because, you know, so far all the pundits have gotten it wrong. Yes. Yeah, now, but Tom, I want to go back for a second because I think it's so important that, you know, you're saying that we could see as much as like three quarters of a percent on some days of a spread because that really changes affordability. And I think it's so important more than ever that clients really talk to somebody who, you know, understands and is focused in on that affordability differential. Um, You know, one question that the clients have for me and say, well, look, there is a chance, though, at the end that maybe rates don't go down and it can move around and go up. Um, what are some of the maybe differences, if any, um, in the underwriting on an adjustable versus a fix that a borrower needs to keep in mind? Certainly. So there is a little more of a stress test 
um, on an adjustable rate mortgage, you know, typically the bank will look at uh, the borrower's profile and say, hey, look, let's make some assumptions here and see if um, the borrower still qualifies. So they'll look at either uh, what they call a, a fully amortized rate, and that's a little technical, but you know, adjustable rate mortgages, when it becomes time to adjust, they have an index and a margin, right? And so typically that could be an index, could be the one-year treasury, a margin could be, say, 3% above that. So a lot of times an underwriter will say, well, let's look at um, like more of a worst-case scenario instead of just the start rate, just to make sure that, hey, if this loan does adjust upward, that the borrower you know, currently in their current uh, situation would still be able to afford that payment. So many times that qualifying payment could be a little bit higher than the actual payment, but that's just to ensure that, you know, the borrowers have a little bit of wiggle room or leeway if rates do move up. So that's something that, you know, when we sit down with the borrower, we'll explain and say, hey, look, this is your actual payment, but this is what the underwriter is going to look at as a little more of a stress test on your situation to make sure you're not going to have a problem if these interest rates move up. Yeah. And so I just want our listeners to be just very clear on this point, because if you look at yourself, if you're a borrower and you're right on the margin and say, oh, I know I can afford a six and a quarter percent payment, but not a 6.75%, you might still not pass because of some stress tests, which are a little bit more robust when rates can move, which makes a lot of sense because the banks need to factor in for not just best case scenario, but likely scenario, um, then a fixed. So really important that people understand that. That's um, true. But let me say this. David Ramsey, who is known to talk about, you know, how you make money, says that in 2023, again, the best way to generate a steady stream of money is buy real estate. You have cash on hand, buy a rental property. Uh, don't go in debt to do it, but that's the best way to make money or rent out your house and find a small place to live. I mean, real estate is still, in my opinion, a definite, definite, really good asset long term if, you know, you can afford it. And as far as financing goes, we always advise you to speak to someone before you buy a house and learn all the options that are available to you because it's not one size fits all. And there's a million different mortgages. And first time no, buying. No. Sure. Now, now, Tom, I wanted to also talk about some industry trends that we're seeing. Um, and, and, you know, I know it's, it's some of the other banks industry, too. There's really, I've noticed, a market decrease in the number of loan officers um, that are out there. So I'm curious, any thoughts that you're seeing on trends in the market on really options for consumers and things that you see changing and some of the innovations that you're having at your bank um, for the mortgage industry? Sure. Um just definitely unpack that question a little bit, uh, especially at the uh, when 22 rolled into 23, about 35% of uh, loan officers did not renew their licenses with the uh, with NMLS, right, which is the National Mortgage Registry, and so that was a that, that's a lot of capacity coming out of out of uh, the mortgage origination market. 
but honestly, because it kind of needed to, right? It was there was there's still, in my opinion, still some extra capacity in the industry based on you know where current um, mortgage origination levels are. Uh, but going forward, look, technology is something that uh, many companies are embracing. You know, the use of AI, right? And AI can be very helpful even in the mortgage process, right? There's a lot of a lot of data that can be reviewed by artificial intelligence to to help us identify, you know, risks and, you know, benefits and things like that when we look at a customer, right? And and certainly an underwriter still needs to evaluate that. But a lot of the, um, you know, the, I guess the, the minor data points can be sort of summarized by the use of AI technology and just technology in general when it comes to connecting, you know, borrowers and lenders, right? Making application process very easy, seamless, the ability well, to connect, um, uh, information is is incredible these days. Talk about AI next week because how it plays in mortgages, how it plays in real estate. But I'm also hearing that it's uh, your standards are gotten tougher to get a mortgage now. Um, it's it's tougher in a sense that um, banks are not giving as many exceptions to underwriting guidelines as maybe they have in the past. Um, you know, sort of a, basically the fallout from some of the, uh, you know, the regional banks uh, going under like, you know, SVB and uh, and Signature Bank. And I know there are a few others. So that, you know, put a little stress on banks and, you know, their portfolio money that they're using to lend. So in many cases, they're not shutting off that, that spigot. They're just maybe not granting as many exceptions to credit score or to debt to income ratio or to loan to value, but look, they're still lending. So I would say it's, um, what advice would you give our listeners if they're going to be applying for a mortgage? Yeah, I would say, uh, early and often, right. That's, you know, come, come speak to a loan officer. Uh, even if you don't think, uh, you're going to look for another six to 12 months, like let's get, you in a position where when the time comes, you're, you understand what impacts your credit score. You understand what the bank is going to look at in terms of how to calculate your income. Um, you know, if you're looking to borrow a significant amount of money, what sort of reserves you would need post-closing to help you qualify. So there's a lot of moving parts um, to getting a mortgage. And the bigger the mortgage you need, certainly the more um, you need to have reviewed. So I tell everybody, look, it doesn't cost you anything, right? To sit down, to get the advice, to really understand the process. There's a lot of things you can read about, but it's until you sit down and you're sitting down with a professional who understands all the pitfalls and all the things that can go wrong um, in the process. That's really uh, where the benefit is. In my opinion, six to 12 months before you're really going to go out there and start to look like sit down and start to figure out the plan from there. That's good advice. Get pre pre approved. Yeah, that would be that would be the beginning of the pre approval process. I'm not saying you know you need to have walk out of that meeting with a pre approval twelve months before you buy, but at least you want to have the roadmap, the game plan to to get you there. Because look, so everyone, it's amazing how many people want to own a home, right? It's like the American dream is still alive and well, but. Uh, the, the, I guess the, the wrong thing to do, in my opinion, would be to, you know, just say, hey, let's go start looking at houses right now without really understanding how any of those things are figured out. You're just kind of wasting your time 
and potentially, you know, the realtor's time and seller's time if you really don't fully understand, you know, what it takes to get a mortgage nowadays. Not only that, there's a shortage of inventory. It's very competitive. And if you want to get your deal through and you want to win the bid, then you need to have that all so you could say to a seller, hey, this is all been done, I'm pre-approved, um, and I can get a mortgage because, uh, you know, it's competitive. There's not much inventory. Do you see rates going up again? Uh, Stephen mentioned that they might go up again. I know they just raised them. Do you see any more raises? Uh, I, I don't think the Federal Reserve is, is done yet in terms of raising the overnight Fed funds rate. I think there's still possibility of one or two more hikes. Um, it's a, And I really, it's just based on the resilient um, you know, economy that we have in the United States. It's, it's pretty impressive. And I think that uh, was, was greatly you know, um, underestimated going into the beginning of the year, what this economy can do. And uh, how there's, you know, if you even just look at the individual consumer, they still have more money in their checking and savings account than they did before COVID, right? So they're still in very good con- shape in terms of their own balance sheet, right, and their own cash flows. And there was a massive unlock that happened during COVID when, you know, everybody that had a mortgage <laughs> refinanced, right, to ultra low rates. So there's all there's just a lot more spending uh, power out there than I think maybe, you know, people were were counting on. And so I do think the Fed's got a little more work to do to kind of slow down inflation a bit. And but then, look, supply chain issues are being resolved, you know, as as we move forward. So I do think you'll get to an equilibrium where inflation comes down. uh, The price of goods is not you know running out of control. I do think the Fed then can roll back rates a little bit. Right. To sort of even things out. And, uh, you know, it seems like a pretty good scenario to me. And I think that's what the stock market sees, too. So recently, stocks have been doing very well. Hey, Tom, I know we're running close to a break, but I also wanted to talk to you about some of the rules that keep on changing for condos and co-ops about physical condition. Are you finding it more difficult and things to be on lookout for buildings with maybe deferred maintenance and other projects that could affect buildings being approved to London? Yes. Uh, well, that's uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, who, you know, purchase many of the mortgages here in the United States. Um, there, they have, you know, definitely added an extra layer of scrutiny when it comes to that. So you, there are lists out there you can check to see if they're not eligible for Fannie or Freddie. Um, but in some cases, lenders will still originate the loan and close the loan. It just won't be sold to Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac. Thanks, Tom. Great having you. More in it with Iron Real Estate after the break. The preceding hour of programming paid for by DTHY Realty Incorporated.